This week on the Pigpen Podcast, the Redskins have shown interest in two quarterbacks that are not currently on their roster, Josh Rosen and Ryan Tannehill. We're going to discuss the pros and cons of each of those guys, plus we'll take a little bit of a look at what happened this past week at the Scouting Combine. I'm a big tape-over Combine guy, but we'll discuss that, and I pose a question, who would you rather the Redskins target, C.J. Mosley or Landon Collins? Roll the music and let's get after it. This is the Pigpen Podcast. Thank you so much for listening here on the Hogshaven Podcast Network. I'm your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. A little bit of a break last week, uh, busy, and also there just wasn't a whole lot of Redskins news to talk about, but we have a big, big news podcast, I guess, to talk about. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend, particularly with the scouting combine, but the Redskins had some conversations at the combine regarding the hole they have to fill under center. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. If this is your first time listening to the Hogs Haven podcast feed, be sure to subscribe. It's on both Apple and Spotify. So whichever brand uh, you like to use, I know there's a little bit of brand warfare with those two. Subscribe either way. If you're listening on Apple, rate and review us and follow me on Twitter, as I mentioned, at Denton underscore day. So we're going to start with the quarterback situation because I feel like the quarterback is the most important position on the field. So that's where we are going to start. It has been no secret that the Redskins have an issue with quarterback. It's a very familiar situation, an unfortunately familiar situation that the franchise has had really for its entirety. I mean, there's been maybe a, a few five to six to seven year stretches where the team has had a great quarterback, but it seems like, especially in the Dan Snyder era, we have had this conversation almost every other offseason. That's a problem. Good teams normally don't have this conversation. That kind of speaks to why we have one playoff win in really the last two decades. So we have a, uh, we'll start, I guess, with the Josh Rosen thing, because the Josh Rosen thing, I think, is a little bit more interesting than the Ryan Tannehill thing. So the worst kept secret in the NFL is that the the uh, Arizona Cardinals were going to take Kyler Murray number one overall. As soon as they hired that pretty boy from Texas Tech, I think everyone in America knew, yeah, they're probably going to take Kyler Murray number one. He come out and said, you know, well, well we're going we're gonna to stick with Josh Rosen. Yeah, no. We know how this works. We know how the game works. You hire a new guy who loves, loves offense, and Kyler Murray fits uh, the Kingsbury scheme. That's the worst kept secret in the NFL. So it's clear that at some point, Josh Rosen is not going to be wearing a Cardinals uniform in the near future. Do they keep him on for this year? It's certainly a possibility. I think it would be a terrible possibility, but it is certainly a possibility. But I would say it's much more likely that Josh Rosen is going to be moving on this season and is going to be sporting different colors come week one. We learned over the weekend, according to multiple sources, that the Redskins have engaged in some sort of talks with the Arizona Cardinals regarding Josh Rosen. So I got to preface this whole conversation. I'm not a huge Josh Rosen guy. I wasn't a huge Josh Rosen guy when he was in college at UCLA. I wasn't a huge Josh Rosen guy when he was preparing for the draft uh, throughout that whole process. And I'm still not a huge Josh Rosen guy now, but I don't hate the idea of the Redskins targeting Josh Rosen if the price is right. We have seen... Really throughout this whole entire sports city, the Wizards love to do this. Uh, The Redskins have had an issue with this as well, which is ditching first round picks in trades, whatever the case may be. I really value first round picks. So I don't think that the Redskins should give up a first round pick for Josh Rosen. But thankfully, 
I think the Cardinals understand that as well. It seems like that they're going to be asking maybe for a third round, a second round pick tops. And when you look across this entire National Football League, the Redskins are in a very interesting situation because for the first time in what feels like a very, very long time, not a lot of teams really have quarterback issues. For the most part, well over half, you could say close to 90% of the NFL has a, a plan at quarterback. The Redskins, of course, fall in to the, the 10%, if we're, if we're going to keep it at 90-10. They fall into the 10% that does not have a legit plan at quarterback because of the Alex Smith injury. You look at a team like the Giants, they're probably going to draft Dwayne Haskins. I don't know if they're going to go after Josh Rosen. The Jacksonville Jaguars, likely, unless something breaks through, they got their guy Nick Foles. So they're out of the quarterback sweepstakes. So the Redskins are in a nice position where the market for Josh Rosen isn't going to be incredibly high. So you're not going to see a team come out at the 12th hour and say, well, we're going to give you a first round pick for Josh Rosen. So if the Redskins want to make this happen, they can. But 15 is too much. That's just too high of a pick. The Redskins have other holes they need to fill, and they could just get a quarterback at 15 if they really wanted to, but they have other holes they need to fill with that pick. But if you can trade a third-round pick and acquire Josh Rosen to start for your team, I would say that's a pretty good move. I have no quarrels with that move at all. That's, that's a... That's something that is beneficial for your franchise moving forward. There are some pros and cons to Josh Rosen. We'll start with the bad first. You know, we'll get the bad out of the way. Then we'll do the positives. There are some throws that Josh Rosen can't make, and we it was the showcase really his whole uh, his whole first season in Arizona. And I know the talent in Arizona was terrible. The coaching staff was a little bit of a disaster. He played over a couple under a couple different offensive coordinators in his first year, so that was a bit of a disaster. But there are just some throws he couldn't make. And the one thing about Jay Gruden's offense is there are a lot of different throws that a quarterback is going to have to make in the offense. Rosen has a a decent deep ball. We're going to say decent at best. Um, but there, in the Jay Gruen offense, he's going to make a whole lot of throws that he didn't do a great job making in Arizona. So that is a con. But of course, it was only his first year. So there is room for improvement. And you would think that the ceiling is going to be high in that regard. He's not worth a first round pick, as I said. So th- those are really the two cons. Those are really the only two cons that I could think of. I mean, maybe if you don't like his personality, he's a little bit of a different guy, really, really big thinker. He's almost like the Kyrie Irving uh, of the NFL in terms of thinking. Um, but I don't really consider that too big of a con at, uh, yet, at least. The pros are, there's much more pros to this than cons if we're not giving up the first round pick. I'm going to reiterate that as many times as I can just to get that in everyone's head. We should not give up number 15 for Josh Rosen. It's that simple. The pros, however, a very low salary. He's still on his rookie deal. And one of the great things about the NFL is as much as quarterbacks love to get paid, Super Bowl teams, other than the Patriots at least, they their bread and butter is using guys on small contracts. Now, I'm not saying Josh Rosen makes the Redskins a Super Bowl contender immediately, maybe ever, but a small contract to the quarterback position allows them to do different things. They need to restructure Alex Smith's contract. Whether he plays this year or not, Alex Smith is getting way too much money, especially because it looks like he's not going to play. They need to restructure the Alex Smith deal. And to a certain extent, Alex Smith should kind of understand that. Restructure that deal a little bit. And this, this the whole free agency thing is going to get a lot better for the Redskins. But that's pro number one for Josh Rosen, a very, very low sa- low salary 
He does have a high ceiling. As much as I'm not a huge fan of Rosen, he does have room to improve, and that's something that could be beneficial down the road. The Redskins don't really have a, a franchise quarterback in the last 20 years. I'm not saying Josh Rosen can be that guy, but it's at least, I guess, kind of worth the shot to see if you can bring him in and you can make something happen. The ceiling is high with him if he can get comfortable in an offense, if he's playing with a good offensive line. And more or less, the Redskins have had a pretty good offensive line for the better part of the last five to ten years. Uh, ever since we got rid of the Jason Campbell offensive line and got Trent Williams involved, the Redskins offensive line has been pretty good. So that, that'll help him certainly in terms of getting comfortable in the pocket because he is a pocket passer. And Jay Gruden's offense, it does require a little bit of mobility from the quarterback, but if you can add a guy that can sit there in the pocket, read the defense, and make good throws, that's certainly a plus. Uh, pro number three, I guess this kind of follows up on pro number two, he's youthful. You know, he's young. It's a, a young quarterback that could grow with not only the system, but really with the team for years to come. And pro number four, he's not Ryan Tannehill. This Ryan Tannehill is the other quarterback that the Redskins have had discussions on possibly acquiring this offseason. Josh Rosen isn't him, which is a big pro. I was flabbergasted when I saw the rumors of the Redskins being involved in some form of trade conversations with the Miami Dolphins for Ryan Tannehill. I remember there was a rumor a couple years ago, not even really a rumor. I think this was a confirmed uh, statement from Mike Shanahan, who said that he liked Ryan Tannehill more than RG3 in the 2012 draft. The funny thing is, this kind of came out in 2013 when Mike Shanahan was still with the team. Very, very interesting. That doesn't really have any real benefit or purpose for what's going on now. That's just always something I found very, very interesting. Ryan Tannehill, we kind of know what he is. So the benefit of Josh Rosen is we don't necessarily know what he is, but that can be a positive because it could become something absolutely sensational. We know what Ryan Tannehill is. He is an average quarterback at best, a low-tier quarterback at worst. I don't know if you're going to pay $18 million and then $19 million next season for that. I understand that is the, the market value of a quarterback, but we already have Alex Smith, who's getting $20-plus plus million a year. Like I said, we need to restructure that contract. There's no real purpose, no smart reasoning as to why we would bring another quarterback on with a salary north of $15 million when we're already struggling a little bit financially. There's no reason to bring that on to this roster. And Ryan Tanhill's not even that sensational. I mean, that has to be put into perspective here. He is a, a fine quarterback, maybe. He's had a couple good seasons in 2014, 4,045 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. They went 8-8 eight and eight that year. He had a QBR of 59.3. That's the only time in his career his QBR has been over 50. The following year, another quality year, 4,200 yards, 4,208 yards if you want to be specific, 24 touchdowns. 12 interceptions, and the team went 6-10. and 10. Ryan Tannehill has never won more than eight games in a season. There was one year where he did lead them to the playoffs. He went 8-5, and five, and then uh, I think Matt Moore finished up for him, and they got into the playoffs. But Ryan Tannehill has never won more than eight games. And we can't fall victim to, well, the market value for a quarterback is this. No, we can't fall victim to that at this point in time when we have an option that's significantly cheaper and has much more promise. Ryan Tannehill isn't the guy in D.C. The thought of it was fun when Shanahan made the comments that he liked Tannehill more than RG3. And at that point, 
RG3 was struggling with the knee injuries. He was struggling with reading coverages. He was struggling with making throws that didn't come from the read option. It was fun to envision, well, what would Tannehill have looked like in Shanahan's offense? We are long past that. We don't need to see what Ryan Tannehill looks like in Jay Gruden's offense. That's not something I want. That's not something we need. We are trying to make progressive steps to get better as a football team. Ryan Tannehill is not that. I see him more as like a, almost a Brock Osweiler type of a move for the Redskins. And that's not really a disrespect to Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's quite Brock Osweiler. But I just see that more in that general realm of a move that that would be. I don't really want that. I put too much blood, sweat, and tears into this team to see Ryan Tannehill be the guy for the next few years. That's something we don't need. So if the options are Tannehill, Rosen, or the draft, I would say take Rosen if you can get him for a second or a third-round pick, preferably a third-round pick. But if you can get him for a second or a third-round pick, you take Rosen. If not, you go through the draft, and Tannehill is like the backup to the backup option, the fallback to the fallback, we'll say. He is the third option by a considerable margin. I just don't want him on this team. And of course, restructure the deal for Alex Smith to have a little bit more wiggle room this offseason and then just kind of moving forward uh, as a team as well. So we're going to take a quick break on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL scouting combine. And I'm going to pose you the question, CJ Mosley or Landon Collins, who would you rather have? We'll be right back. Okay, so the NFL Scouting Combine in the books this weekend. I've always found the NFL Scouting Combine to be very, very interesting. I think a lot of uh, overreactions can be made from time to time. But more than that, I am a big film over combine guy. Tape over combine. Put it on a hashtag. Tape over combine. Tape over combine. Tape over combine. I think the drills that you run at the NFL Combine are nice. I think it does showcase the, the talent for certain players. But at the end of the day, you're running drills with no pads and very few of them involve actual footballs. So it doesn't tell you a whole lot about the players that these guys are. You learn a lot more from tape. With that being said, though, there were a couple guys that that kind of jumped onto the radar a little bit. The guy that stole the show for the entire weekend was DK Metcalf. That dude is not made like most other human beings. He is a freak. 1.6% body fat. I didn't even know that was allowed. I didn't know that was possible. How someone can get that chiseled is insane to me. And he ran a pretty good 40. Pretty good, pretty good 40. He ran a 4-3-3-40, which is impressive. A 40-inch vertical. Uh, Dude's a a beast, okay? He's a a beast. But the issue with him is those, those numbers are nice. I mean, they're fine numbers. But when you watch him on film... His route tree is underdeveloped. His, I mean, he has fine hands, I would say, but his route tree is underdeveloped, and that was kind of proven with the other drills. When it, when it comes to the realm of the combine, there are drills that I look at for certain positions that are much more important than others. A 40 time is great, but just because you're fast doesn't mean you can play football. I value the drills like the cone drill, the three-cone drill, and I guess kind of the 20-yard shuttle. I think the, the three-cone drill is probably the most important drill for a a skill position player, either on offense or defense. It showcases your ability to change speed and move a little bit laterally and open the hips a little bit. DK Metcalf doesn't have a great route tree. His three-cone drill reflected that. 7.38, 
That was the third worst amongst all of the wide receivers that ran that drill. In the 20-yard shuffle, 4.5, the fourth worst amongst all of the receivers who ran that drill. You're getting a high-risk, high-reward type of guy for Metcalf if he's someone that you want to draft. He did, he's had a little bit of neck issues uh, in college, and the Redskins' track record of drafting wide receivers, specifically in the first round, isn't exactly too great. Josh Doxson had a whole lot of improvement this year, but he hasn't quite lived up to the high draft pick that we used to get him, especially when you consider that we drafted him before the Saints drafted Michael Thomas, swing and a miss there for the Redskins. So I'm not completely enamored with what I've seen from Metcalf at the combine that makes me think, oh, we should definitely take him high. The three cone drill showcases so much more than really everything when it comes to this particular, this combine. So if you're, if you're looking at guys that, that ran the combine, I mean, there's a couple a couple of holes that the Redskins need to fill, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, that I looked at a little bit. One guy, uh, Jonathan Abram, that I really wanted to see what he could do in some of these drills. Unfortunately, he only ran the 40, uh, 4 4 5. He's a safety, uh, I think from Mississippi State. I could be wrong on that, but he's a safety, a uh, really talented guy, going to go probably in the first round and should hopefully be around uh, the Redskins at 15. I don't think you should take a safety at 15, uh, especially this year when the, the safety class and the free agency is so ridiculous. Ridiculously deep, but a guy that you might be able to trade back for a little bit deeper in the first round, pick up some few picks uh, later on in the draft that you could take. Uh, but but if you, like I said, if you're looking at guys uh, from the combine and you're looking at, at some of the results, focus less on the forty. Focus on the three cone drill and the shuttle, the drills that showcase that they can adjust speeds quickly and move fast. Acceleration, that burst. Football is all about burst nowadays, especially with some of these small little quick receivers um, in in the slot. So whether you're looking for a small quick receiver in the slot or you're looking for a guy to cover a small quick receiver in the slot, you need to be able to adjust speeds quick and have a little bit of that burst in you so you can make a play and not get burned for a big 70-yard touchdown on third and 10. That's just not what we're looking forward to. Okay, so we're, that, that's kind of all I really had about the combine. I didn't focus too, too much on it this year just because, as I mentioned, uh, tape over combine in every single time ever. Like, I, I, I will literally tattoo that hashtag on my body, tape over combine, all the time, every time, all the time. Um, so we'll close up a little bit here with a, kind of a, a question, a free agency question on who the Redskins should target. So last, not last week, but two weeks ago, when we played Deal or No Deal with my great friend, Howie Mandel, uh, we kind of looked at the projected value uh, contract-wise from Spotrack, the contract website. Like I said, uh, literally just type in NFL contract website. It's probably going to be the first thing that pops up. So two big pro bowlers are not going to be in their returning to their their home colors that they that they rocked last year and two that are I guess in the grand scheme of things relatively close the first guy is Landon Collins who is further away mileage from the Redskins but they've seen him twice a year for the past four years a really talented safety he is no longer going to be a part of the New York Giants roster this isn't really a surprise I thought there was going there was a, a sliver uh, of hope that made me think that the Giants were probably going to trade him last year they did not I know they there was rumors that they were going to move him to Kansas City. They did not. So he is going to be a free agent. And right up the beltway, C.J. Mosley is unlikely to return with Baltimore. They are not going to tag him and probably not going to sign him to a long-term deal. 
So he is going to be a free agent. So I looked at the projected market value for each of these guys. And to my surprise, it's very similar. I mean, it's almost identical. Landon Collins' projected market value is $9.3 million per year, so a five-year, $46.8 million contract. C.J. Mosley is getting a projected $9.7 million per year, which is pretty big for an inside linebacker. Those usually aren't the the highest-paying jobs in the NFL, despite the fact that they deliver probably the most contact um, of any any person. They're really sticking their nose everywhere. Five years, $48 million uh, projected value for C.J. Mosley. Mosley's a four-time Pro Bowler. The one year he didn't make a Pro Bowl, 117 tackles, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, and four sacks. That's a pretty damn good year to not make a Pro Bowl. And Landon Collins has quickly uh, risen up the ranks to be one of the best safeties in the NFL. And the Redskins know that all too well because they've played against him twice for the past four years. So the question is, who would you rather have? Because the, the, the value is so similar um, in, in average per year contracts, if you are looking at this from a Redskins perspective, which guy would you rather target in free agency if these were the only two options? So we're just going to play the little game. These are the only two options. Who would you rather go after? I'm a big corner and safety guy, and I love Landon Collins. I loved Landon Collins when he was in Alabama, and I really wanted him to fall to the Redskins, who uh, really just got kind of outbid by the Giants, who jumped up to dra- to grab him at the very start of the second round in uh, 2014, whatever year Landon Collins was drafted. The Giants moved out to get him. I would have loved for the Redskins to take him. But at this specific point, something about C.J. Mosley is just incredibly enticing to me. I've watched him... A whole lot. I loved him at Alabama. And I don't watch the Ravens a whole lot because um, us versus them mentality. I just don't like the Ravens that much. But when I do watch the Ravens defensively, that's a guy that I always look at because he's just so good. He can do so many things from a linebacker position. He He's quick. He has the ability to, to, to play the pass a little bit. And he's great in the run. He is a fantastic run-stopping inside linebacker. And he's smart. The Redskins like Alabama players. I mean, that's really no secret. Two of our best defensive players are from Alabama, and they played with C.J. Mosley. I don't think the Redskins should make their defense all Alabama everything, but I like C.J. Mosley a whole lot. And in this specific scenario, I would take C.J. Mosley at that price over Landon Collins at that price. Just because I think he could help the Redskins kind of take it to new levels for whatever reason. I don't really know why Zach Brown kind of got benched. It seems like Mason Foster isn't exactly the most uh, the happiest camper in the world, especially uh, based on what I see from him on Twitter. I really like CJ Mosley, and I think he could replace either of those two guys immediately and the Redskins defense would get better. I'm a firm believer that the pieces, some of the pieces the Redskins have right now are really good pieces to eventually become a top-tier defense in the NFL. Could they ever be an elite defense? I mean, we can cross our fingers, cross our toes, and say our prayers and hope so. I don't know if we'll ever be an elite defense, but I definitely think there are pieces in place on this defense to become a top-tier defense, and I think adding C.J. Mosley to that bunch kind of speeds that process up a little bit. I think he just plays, he fits well in the, in, in the scheme that we're trying to run and reuniting him with the Alabama boys in John Allen and Deron Payne. I think adding C.J. Mosley to that group is a huge benefit for the Redskins 
moving forward. So let me know who you would take in that situation. If you're on the Hogshaven uh, website, you can look down below in the comment section. Let me know in this situation, CJ Mosley, Landon Collins, who would you rather have at that price point? Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Denton underscore day and let me know who you would take between those two guys. Also chime in on the Rosen versus Tannehill debate or should the, the Redskins just say, you know what? No, we're going to look to build through the draft. Let me know. That's going to wrap it up uh, for this week of the Pigpen Podcast. We'll, we'll be back next week, hopefully with some more things to talk about. We're getting we're getting closer to the draft, so we're going to have a lot more draft-related uh, topics to discuss moving forward. That's it for me, though, and I'll see you all next week. <laughs>